YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. I don't actually know what the name of that platform is called. Uh, but yeah, hi everyone. Hello, welcome <laughs> back to another episode. Uh, special guest, as all as 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 promised. Uh, we've got the UDS Ultimate, Ultimate, the Ultimate of Ultimates champion with us today. Uh, Jesse Cotton, world finalist, countless uh, tops, five wins. I think is it five? Am I a fake fan? It's five YCSs. Five YCS mm -hmm. wins. Yeah. God damn, that's a. Uh, that's like you could. That's not a lot, to be fair. You can count on like one hand. Um, but yeah. <laughs> okay. How are you doing, Jesse? Uh, yeah, doing good. A bit early, but make do. Got my coffee right here. Wake me up. Nice, nice. And wake up, you shall. Uh, today's uh, itinerary. Today is just going to be all about Bessie Botton here, and he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, himself, his thoughts on the current format, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, life, everything, insurance. We've got everything on the itinerary today. So uh, <laughs> you want to step us up the game here, Josh? Uh, I mean, yeah, like if you the the order you said you wanted to do it was we first talk about Jesse in general and then we or like have Jesse talk about himself a little bit in general and then we move on to more current topics later. So uh i don't think it is particularly necessary but we like to do it for everyone anyways i feel like to maybe introduce yourself to the audience a little bit sure uh yeah my name is jesse cotton and i'm a competitive player slash content creator you could also catch me on my own twitter youtube channel just same name i have five ycs wins a uds win and then i also won the ultimate undisputed uds tournament last weekend or two weekends ago I uh, lost to Josh in the finals of Worlds. <laughs> now that's the real and... credentials. Losing to Josh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's me. So uh, you've been playing this game since the very beginning, kind of almost, although you're a little bit uh, younger. Since good format, pretty much. I was five. I can't really go much earlier than that. How old are you exactly? To 26? 24. 24? <laughs> Baby, oh my god. <laughs> Baby. Um, I wouldn't let you anywhere near my cards at five years old. You'd crumple that shit up. Um, so were you always this good? Or like, when did you sort of like become no. like... <laughs> were you... you always this good? So, no, five-year-old me did not. It's not good. Like, I don't, like, like when that. did you say... When would you say you sort of like started to like see the game differently? Was it like seven years old, eight years old? It's progressive in terms of how you get better. It's not like you just get good overnight. Uh, <laughs> um, my first YCS was 2011. I assume you played like pretty there. Uh, casually, right? So 2011, you saying? Um, when was yeah. like the sort of step into like, hey, let's like try and like think about our decks, like let's optimize, let's um, let's try and like you know come up with strategies and stuff like that. When would you say that kind of began? Mm. I uh, I mean, I obviously like you don't just try make your decks bad as a kid, but I wasn't good at it. I tried making <laughs> no, my deck I think better. Farfa does. That's the thing. I think the perspective like, here is different. <laughs> <laughs> and i would like, say he's remember... probably better at that than you are so <laughs> <laughs> i remember thinking about my deck in 20 in 2015 and i, I thought it was really good and i look back and think holy like my deck was terrible why did i build it like this what did you play uh, I, can have, I can say with confidence that that's not like a skill that's just a given thing either um but, but i always wanted my deck to be better but i mean it's a lot of it was learning things from failure uh so it's it's, it's it's gradual. I learned, okay, this is not something I should be focusing on, and then yeah. moving on. I think that's pretty natural, though. What was your first, like, taste of success? Like, would you say, like, it was, like, kind of the regional level that you were kind of, like, proud of? Um, was it, like, kind of, like, your first YCS top? Like, 
around about when would you say that you're starting to get these uh somewhat like competitive successes that are you know sort of the introduction to where you've become now so the thing that really launched it for me was 2011 ycs toronto so my first event uh, i didn't actually play the main play dragon duels i was uh, 11 and i met two other kids who uh, had traveled from out of country from like the northeast us uh their parents had driven with them and they played dragon duels uh, and i became friendly with them uh, and then i top forward that dragon duels and my dad said how about we go on a road trip to YCS Columbus together like a month later? Uh, and, that, and that was like what kind of got me involved in it. And then it's like from there, it's like a stepping stone of reaching the next step, I guess, or the, the next uh, achievement that got me continuing down the path. So I got a regional top about a month later. Um, I bubbled my first YCS. Uh, it was about a year later as well. Bubbled and then 2015, I finally got my first actual top. Isn't that like ridiculous to like, just bubble your first ever YCS? Like that's, yeah, that's so not everyone like may know this, but I mean, I talk about it a lot on my on my streams. Uh, people like to meme on me for beating this kid in 2018 round one future match pretty ruthlessly. Um, part of the reason I do that is I don't want to like assume that a player who's young is just bad. I was not that player. Uh, and there's the same thing happening to me. If you if you go read round eight future match at Weiss's Metal Lens, it's 2012, or it was 2012 or 2013. No, it was maybe 2013. Um, I was very young. I was either 13 or 12. And I'm playing against Patrick Hoban. I get OTK'd twice. Did you put up a fight? It was just a very sad future match. But it happens. Was I mean, was it like, you know, summon UFO turtle pass bad? Or like, would, did you just like... Like, how bad was it? Like, you know, I, I set sphere. I mean, like, I know I had a real deck, but like, you, you don't want to just assume, okay, assume things. I think it's, <laughs> I feel like after we've seen UFO Turtle game one, we could have maybe <laughs> game two, <laughs> you know, could have maybe deduced it wasn't a real strategy, <laughs> maybe, but like, like, you eviscerated that child, Jesse. No. Like, <laughs> like okay. I mean, it's not like, just one time you did the, the FTK the really normal player, but. <laughs> Was revenge? No, it was not revenge. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's um, that was that was pretty iconic for context for people listening who might not remember. Um, uh, <laughs> FTK format, probably the highest power level of Yu-Gi-Oh we've seen, possibly ever, was uh, some of those crazy FTK decks. And Jesse Danger FTK the child on stream, um, round <laughs> one of YCS London, <laughs> twice. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, war crimes aside, uh, you're um, getting uh, some real uh, success in this game. Like, uh, like unbelievable. Like, you're you both of you are kind of at the level where um, it's just unfathomable to like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the player base, and uh, like that's crazy. Just the 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 journey that you've taken. Um, what was your first like? sort of i guess like breakout success was i i feel like it's always the babe roof effect in you go right it's like you could have like someone who has like 10 ycs tops is just never going to be remembered or looked at as someone who has like a win right like that's just kind of naturally psychologically how sometimes people look at mm -hmm. um but i guess like what was your first like major breakout sort of like um i guess probably the win i guess would be like the most important thing right uh i mean the first thing was the top like to touch on the thing of it being unfathomable, unfathomable for like much of the, the player base. I remember as a kid, I I couldn't get a, a top. Like I uh, bubbled nine events in a row, 
and I was just dreaming of getting a single YCS top, and that that would just be impossible to reach. So it, that type of stuff shouldn't be unfathomable, and it definitely can be gotten there. Like you definitely can reach these heights if you put the time and put the work in. Uh, that was the the big top. Or that one, the first top I got top sixteen with Burning Abyss was it for me. Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, are you asking like when I became well known in Yu-Gi-Oh? I'm not sure when exactly that is, because I can't think of really either when I first started hearing about your name. Because I've been playing for like ten years at this point, and I want to say like probably like 2018 is when I really started to like hear nah, your name. That was lot. before that. Before that as well. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. I won London in 2017. That was my yeah. first win. Ooh. Okay. I went to Worlds before that for Worlds yeah. points. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like uh, at least in Europe, when the first times you would hear uh, a lot about Jesse was already during like 2015 or 16. When he, I, th I feel like that's when you started getting like consistent tops with like Burning Abyss and all that. Wasn't that the one where you yeah, also got really well close to for, like, qualifying years, for Worlds? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I lost. <laughs> the deck swapping, I, I was one match right? Away twice, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. For Worlds, 2015 and 16. Yeah. The deck swap incident in 2016. Uh, yeah, that's. Probably the most painful loss, and it, it built me as a character. Yeah. Uh, that that was my. I had to go into my training arc after that because that was rough. <laughs> God, give us the uh, for those the uninitiated the the quick TLDR of what the deck swap incident was. Remember the for context, this is the qualification tournament for 2018 Worlds, 2017 Worlds, 16. 2016 Worlds is a qualification. Uh, Jesse is about to uh, get. So before they did world's points, uh, the NDWCQ used to give out six world spots. So if you lost in top eight, you would play one more match, and the winner of that match would go to worlds. So top, both matches are featured, and both are pretty brutal. Top eight is the one where I get flying seed multiple times in time and eventually lose, and my opponent just pops off and like beats his chest like a gorilla and just like yells. Who was that? And then I have to play Asad Masu. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Uh, and then... <laughs> and then I have to play again on future match. First Jimmy win. Uh, and I was feeling good, because I am I felt, like, very confident in the BA mirror. But what I wasn't really good at yet is dealing with pressure. Mm -hmm. Um... And I remember, like, I had lost maybe two BA mirrors in my co career, and both of them were me choking under pressure. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is the other one. One of the, this became another one like that. So part of it, game one, I'm playing normally. I'm feeling pretty good. At some point, though, uh, they make you re-sleeve decks in, a, in, in Top Cut. So we have the same sleeves. And he uses... I don't know what happens. We end up shuffling decks, and our decks get swapped. He has my deck. And he uses Beatrice and looks through, looks through my deck. And he, like, looks through it for a second, resolves it, and there's nothing going wrong with it. And then I draw for turn, and I draw a gold rare Barbar. And I'm like, my, gold, my Barbar is not gold rare. <laughs> Yeah, you are not the kind of person to play a gold rare barba. That's uh... my BA deck is gold. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, gold case, sucks. case gold in point. Sucks. You're talking about uh, pressure like, here, though. But like, that's not your fault, right? Like, that was just that was just a, mis a mix no, up. No, 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 no. The thing is, like, I didn't recover from that. So I, I end up like they, 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 they say they don't want to give a game loss, so they don't want to give any penalties, they don't want to cancel, they do anything weird because it's on stream and it's like such a high stakes match. So they rewind, and part of the annoying thing is he's gone through like all his seers, all his graphs, all his tour guides, and they make me keep the barbar draw from his deck, 
Huh? Uh, and that was kind of annoying instead of me getting me a redraw. You you kept the gold rare barbar? What? No, they made me draw my rare barbar. Oh, they gave you your rare bar. Okay, that's that's such a weird way to do it. Like a weird, <laughs> they said this is not in the because it wasn't they, they weren't doing it by a policy. They were doing it like they didn't want to ruin the stream. Yeah, they made it up on the fly. Okay. Yeah. Did the did the did you drawing barbar matter at that point? Did you realize right away or did you start playing with that barbar? I just played with it. I remember I can only I, I think I lost that game, and then game two I win. Uh, and then game three goes to the time, and <laughs> appeal. Yeah, I can definitely appeal once the head judge giving the ruling. I mean, that's it's whatever. Uh, and then game three goes to the time, and I get to a point where I'm pretty sure I cannot lose the game uh, unless he like specifically top decks uh, Terra Top and has or Tin Twister and has Terra Top in hand. Um, so I kind of like auto start like tuning out a bit, which is pretty bad. Mm -hmm. But I have a Skarm and face search, and like searching tour guide off Skarm is actually a pretty bait in Burning Abyss. And I knew that, however, when I start like auto playing and like zoning out, it's not good. But I'll do the conventional play, which the conventional play is add tour guide off Burning Abyss, which is just wrong. Uh, and I did that, and then my opponent did draw Twin Twister, or and then Twin Twister Terra taught me, put me down below enough life points, and milled the mischief of the gnomes to turn off my tour guide. Um, oh damn! And I just lost. And then, like as much as the, the the way that happened was just so unlikely for me to lose, mm. I like still just should have won if I grabbed the right card off Skarm. So it just it, it sucked. But yeah, I mean that's what happened. And like if I just was more focused, was wasn't struggling with the pressure. Uh, probably would have done that better as well. But yeah, that, that was like the roughest loss for me. That whole two rounds of, of crushing defeat. I could not watch Worlds that year. I was very, very upset. I think I think that is the, the main factor, though, that I always notice between the people that end up becoming great players is the ones that bounce back from that. Because I don't think there is a single successful player that hasn't gone through moments like this, like losing in a super clutch spot whether it was because they were they were incredibly unlucky or because they they messed up or something like that the ability to bounce back from that and basically be be motivated from those kind of things in the long run rather than just uh, be turned like turn your back to the game or don't take it as seriously because of those frustrating moments i think that's what in the long run makes the difference because i don't know a single successful player that doesn't have a bunch of those kind of stories because between behind every single YCS win there's like so many tops that have a lost story like associated to it i feel like mm -hmm. i can only yeah, assume that for both of you the most frustrating losses are the ones that where you personally like really messed up rather than like oh well they just outdrew me um mm. that and like i also the ones that are like you can mess up from a policy or a judge or kind of annoying as well. But, it oh, like external factors like that must be enraging. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. Oh, it's the Josh like that. <laughs> what, you oh. mean the, the world's uh, one? Yes. Yeah. It was oh. so annoying for me. Yeah. Tell the, t t to do, do tell. The, that was the... 2018 worlds? 19. 19. Yeah. 19 worlds where I played Thunder Dragon. 
and they ruled for 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 worlds and it was i think it was only for worlds or maybe it was an ocg ruling that you it was could only for like two rounds because i appealed it to them afterwards and like convinced them i was wrong by the way but a two round ruling well i yeah i mean they they announced yeah, no, it before I know. I don't, listen it's not your fault it yeah, is the, yeah, yeah. The, the it was so basically rulings. they ruled that you could bring back colossus with thunder Hi, dragon hawk if it was summoned beforehand like properly summoned i think thunder dragon fusion Oh, what's the Colossus yeah. say? Does it say must be special summoned? Uh, it was Titan, not Colossus. Titan, Titan, not Colossus. Titan said like I, I don't remember the wording. Literally on Titan. says cannot be but cannot be special summoned except by by these methods. Thunder Dragon. Why the hell did they rule that Hawk works like that? That's... I oh, do no. not know. <laughs> <laughs> but how did this I even come I, up? I had like... I had a Harbinger on the field, so I'm like, you can't roar, add back Thunder Dragon fusion. I'm fine, and then he goes. Thunder Dragon Fusion had Hawk, Hawk back Titan. I'm like, I can't do that. And the judge ruled he could. And I was like, what? And then I just lost. Yeah. Oh, nay. <laughs> oh, nay. Uh, yeah, well, that's, uh, that sounds pretty rough. I'm not going to lie. Um, what would I mean, you that happens. <laughs> you got to deal with that in Yu-Gi-Oh! too. Like, that's, that's just happens when you play a game like this. It's not <laughs> Chad, automated. it's not a Chad. They told me beforehand you could. Well. They did, yeah. Yeah. So, um. Listen, at, at least it wasn't for saying goddamn, okay? You know, that would have been... Dude, you're uh, going to get that. the podcast demonetized. What are you doing? <laughs> well, not like, it's, not like it's monetized in the first place yet, but yeah. I think, I think it is, by the way. You just need to like go into the settings somewhere. Okay, um, well, anyway, we haven't that's... turned on the settings yet either way. Yeah, okay. But yeah, now, this, this now all we... our chances are ruined anyways. Goddamn, Farfa. <laughs> Um, so yeah, what was what would you say is like probably your most iconic um, moment of your uh, of your career? Like, what is like the thing your that favorite win? FTKing a kid with firewalls. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> My favorite moment is FTKing a child. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I really, I really love the Utopia double one, but I don't oh, that was that was very it. sick. That was very sick. Yeah, that was so random as well because it was like in the middle of like a format where Striker was like okay, but then you like just somehow innovated this like really weird Striker OTK deck, and you also played like Full House and crazy shit like that. Like, what was that yeah, all about? It was not normal. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was probably one of the most innovative things I I've seen in Yu Gi Oh was like that Striker Utopia deck. That was yeah, crazy. that was pretty cool. Was that something All you right. built? You built that specifically for that tournament, right? You didn't play that in the main event? I would have played it in the main event, but after Cloud 5 Worlds, I hate Striker. I really hate yeah. playing that deck. Yeah, I remember that. deck that. had a big learning curve for me because it's <laughs> like many decks that come naturally to me. I don't have to practice that much. They just, yeah, I can do it pretty easy. Striker did not. I really have to practice that deck to get it to work. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't something I could just pick up and just vibe with. I mean, you uh, still so turned it into a combo deck. So. Like, I'm not touching this shit again. I'm just <laughs> yeah. playing Thunder Dragon. I love that deck, and I'm yeah. gonna stick with it. Yeah. Okay. I'd say that uh, that's probably definitely your most iconic deck in my mind. Um, was the uh, Thunder Dragon deck because I think you had like, didn't you have like a bit of a crazy streak in like late 2019, early 2019, whatever it is? Um, yeah. I mean, I have that, three like... kind of iconic decks. Then I have like BA for my starting era, and then Thunder Dragon, and then most recently B Tier, uh, even Unchained almost, but. Yeah. Yeah, Thunder Dragon, I got second to Sydney, then second, then Atlanta, and then one Knoxville with, and then one. Yeah. 
Like that's pretty incredible. Like second, second, and first with like the same deck. Like that's. that's I mean, tier I got top four, second, second, first, first. Jeez. <laughs> so, that one's even crazier. Wow. Yeah. I mean, not many people can uh can uh, really say that they can achieve those type of things. Like, and you know, but like you said, you uh, you put in the work, you put in the time and effort. So that's uh that's always like super impressive that the level of dedication required um to take part. Uh, in the game at such a such a peak is is commendable for sure um and would you say like the amount of time and effort you put into the game is just that is the the key difference or would you say you have more of a natural talent towards card games or what do you think it is a bit of both uh, so i don't put as much time in anymore but i think a lot of the time i put in years ago kind of echoes through towards like modern times so my just basic understanding of card economy, tempo, um, just general game sense is something that carries forward. And I don't have to... Uh, so, like, I, I don't really have to... I don't need to practice as much nowadays. I need to obviously still know interactions and combos and such, but I can play a lot more without needing to, uh, to practice. Uh, so when people, t when I tell people I don't practice as much, I'm not, I'm trying not, I don't want to give the advice to just not practice that that's, yeah. that's really only because I've played for 20 years, but, uh, that, that kind of knowledge base I built up is a big reason I do well. It's a slippery slope as well to ever, like I've, I've definitely found myself at some point in the position, like thinking I didn't need to practice as much maybe. And then like, kind of like, once you get to that level you it, it it became dangerous for me at some points because i would I, I found myself like not preparing for yc as much as much as i i needed to maybe and then ended up not doing as well as i as i could have maybe and then i have to ask myself like hey all of these things i learned at this ycs had i learned these like a week earlier uh i i could have maybe uh done significantly better at this tournament right and so but it's like you put in so much work these years, uh, like there's, I, I feel like there's a lot of knowledge in Yu-Gi-Oh that transfers from format to format. And then there is a lot of knowledge that you need to, or like a lot of stuff you need to relearn every single time. Like when a new deck comes out, right? You can like, if you have, if you have this kind of overall understanding of Yu-Gi-Oh, you'll have an easier time, time of learning a new deck, but you still need to put in work every single format again and again, if you want to do well. Yeah, you can't put in zero work, yeah. right? Um... You definitely still have to like learn, and even if I can pick up a deck pretty well, I won't be able to master it immediately. Yeah. You still have to practice to get to those levels for sure. Yeah, Unchained was like that for me. It's a deck that came very natural, uh, and I did play like I got third with it at YCS Brazil, having played like very little with it. Yeah, but I could tell you like I could have done better that event. I I threw my top four match. Yeah, uh, because I wasn't fully like practiced with the deck, and I missed missed like a very important piece. And the next weekend I won Vancouver was because I felt like I was a lot better. And the one YCS was the practice I needed to like really understand the deck a lot, a lot uh, more fluently. No. And just because I can like play well with the deck doesn't mean it's, it's mastery. Uh, and you definitely, I think, need practice to get to that type of level. Do you have any um, memories throughout the uh, 20 years that you've played that... Um are like just kind of absurd or like funny kind of like ridiculous things that have uh happened to you in the in the competitive realm we talked about some of the craziest ones already um there are so many stories many of them aren't really involving the game so we don't need to touch on all those one of the funniest ones is 
Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, I, I was when I was very young, I traveled a bit on road trips with my, with my dad. Uh, and one of them was Rhode Island 2012, uh, about an eight hour drive from where I live. So, um, my dad and I went there and I can see the chat. Some of them know them. Talking about marshmallow. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and my dad loves Lightsworn and Chainburn, uh, his two favorite decks. He used to play because he, when he like had to be at the venue to watch me, he may, he figured he may as well be playing. He doesn't play anymore, but he did play. Um, during that period. And he played Light Ray Lightsworn for this Rhode Island event. This is the one that Chris LeBlanc won with Gear Gear. Um, so Lightsworn like, wasn't like this meta deck, but that's what he played. And he, he manages to get all the way X, go X2 to the final round. Uh, before the tournament, he had a Marshmallow in his deck because he loved that it was a light and it did burn. <laughs> and <laughs> took it out of his deck. And he, and like I explained it to him why it was bad. Uh, and without telling me, he put it back in his deck. Dad, uh, this card remember... sucks. Dad, take it out. Dad, please <laughs> yes. don't. It's so embarrassing, it's Dad. No, I, I had to do. And I, <laughs> I play, and then I watch him in his round eleven, game three, and I watch him draw his hand, and there's a marshmallow in his hand. I wanted to yell. <laughs> Stupid ass marshmallows in his hand. <laughs> uh, anyways, it gets to a point in the game where he has three lights, ones in the grave. And uh, has a, a fourth lights one in hand, and a judgment dragon, and a marshmallow. <laughs> His opponent has no back row, no cards in oh, hand. Okay. They have two Gear Axes and a Machina Fortress. So if my dad goes just normal summon a lights one, crash it in, summon judgment dragon, blow up the field, he probably wins the game on the spot. My dad, you can you can you already see where it's going. Goes set marshmallow. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> His opponent goes search Gear Gannex, search Gear Gear Accelerator, make Pathlo imperative, turn it to attack mode, attack marshmallow four times per game. <laughs> I was so mad at my dad. <laughs> my dad will like give the, the, the you know the parent answer of oh I didn't want to talk because it would make you feel embarrassed. I oh. before you. <laughs> I lost on purpose. Yeah. Cope, cope, cope. Um, <laughs> what was the? That's what, why what if you see me like with the marshmallow hoodie, that one's like a special place in my heart. Yeah. It's like the bond between me and my dad is with marshmallow. That's, That's so cool. wholesome. That's very, very wholesome. Um, what was the, the... Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Your dad has had a game loss or a DQ, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah he... <laughs> also, this is this Light Ray Lights one deck. He was playing his Light Ray deck. This is, he, he, uh, he, he was nice. He, he bought a bunch of big eyes for his Light Ray deck, and that came up nice when, when Dragon Roller came out because they were worthless on release but were expensive later. But um, one of the YCSs, he just had a, a big eye and stole someone's... Uh, one of their expensive cards, maybe an Exiton, and then forgot to give it back. Uh, I'm the man that doesn't actually care about the card, so he went to return it to the judges, um, and they gave him a... They, they disqualified him or gave him match loss or something. I don't remember exactly. Really? <laughs> Taking a card. How long, how long after the thing was that? Like, next um, round, or...? I don't know. That's wild, for, like, bringing it back, like, uh, on his own? Yeah. These like my dad effects? like didn't care my dad's there to watch me so he was like just confused and said whatever yeah, that's okay. very that's very weird maybe he gave it back and said like here's the goddamn exiton i, I stole last round and then that's why yeah. <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh that's like the weird thing as well because like he like said like oh here you go these steel effects in Yu-Gi-Oh! man i swear they cause so much uh issues sometimes like uh talents and stuff you never know 
uh, stealing something, putting it as a material. But I, I keep telling when people keep complaining about this format being budget. Like I'm telling you, just play like a charmer deck. Like you will put together a snake. <laughs> okay, calm Why down. Okay. Calm down. Stop. Stop right there. Stop right there. <laughs> right, we're not trying to get D demonetized. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's a that's a that's a great little uh, display of uh, Jesse, I suppose. Uh, what would you uh, like to maybe look at next? I was thinking maybe we could talk a little bit about current right now. Yeah, I think that's a good Actually. idea. I mean, like, I'm, I'm this. It's like on everyone's mind right now is the fact that like it's looking like. Would you say that this is a tier zero format? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. What is your What's yeah. your personal <laughs> definition of a tier zero format? I'm curious because like there's no set in stone kind of. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever really of top cut. Yeah, Sorry, exactly. go ahead. I don't think I've ever gone through the, the effort of setting yeah. like a defined parameter. But if I think it's a very clear best deck. Oh, okay. Um and then that's it's what you're playing mostly in tournament, like you're playing against mostly Fire King and it takes mm -hmm. up most of the spots. Yeah. And I mean it's not like an exact number because I wasn't trying to make this some science, but yeah. I'm just eyeball. Some stuff I felt like should have been tier zero that just some for some reason wasn't like I felt like Koki had no reason not being played more than it was uh, back in like NAWCQ format. Yeah, Trickstar Skystriker though, huh? That was terrible. I know. That sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I think the uh, better perspective maybe is to like, do you think um, it's good if it's a tier zero format? Like, I think that the most iconic I don't think that one... makes a difference. Uh, I think it definitely depends on the decks. I, I, this is actually one of my least favorite tier zero formats. Uh, okay. I like tier zeros. I have enjoyed. I, I liked Spiral. I liked Zoo. I liked Tier. Uh, these were all tier zero decks, and that I, I enjoyed. Yeah. Mm. Um, and what matters is the is the, the mirror match, right? Because it's the only matchup you're playing a lot of. And if there's a good yeah. mirror, then that's fine. But if there's not, then it's not great. I mean, obviously, like for for players that don't want to play just the meta deck, then it can be a lot worse. Yeah, I've played against Snake Eye a lot, but I haven't played too many mirror matches. Um, but what I can say is, like, when I was watching like the UDS and the three versus three, I don't know, like, if you if you feel the same thing, but I think I'm like slowly coming to terms with this idea that like I really don't like linear combo decks, and I really hate one card starters because we're in a situation yeah. where I feel like. Watching these duels, it was like watching people like drop three or four disruptions at each other, mm -hmm. and then who can like stick their one card combo, and that was just yeah, you're so a bit late to the party. To but uh, yeah, no, those those suck. <laughs> yeah, like actual worst. I, like watching like the finals of like Pac versus Hani didn't really feel super hype. Like it was just like he, they're just constantly hand trapping each other. Yeah, Pac versus Kamal as well. Like I Kamal didn't play badly. He just got hand trapped and didn't yeah, have extenders. He didn't play. <laughs> yeah, like, it was just so underwhelming. And you yeah. think, like, watching these titanic names in the community duel against each other would be, like, this really cool, like, hype thing. And it's just, it was just dull. Um, yeah. And I don't know, is that, like, is this, like, a deck thing? Do you think there just needs more experimentation? Um, or would you say it's fairly solved, or? Are you just throwing that out there, or is it directed at Jesse? Yeah, I guess both of you, but, you know. Special guest Pryo? Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't think, I mean, there may be some more, like, developments in the format, but I think it'll be minimal. We are, I mean, Snake Eye or Fire King, I think, you can do either or. Not too much room for innovation, I think. Maybe some some ways we shift towards breakers once everyone starts expecting hand traps, but mm. uh, it's like, it's like it. I don't know. 
the problem with breaker approaches is like you're not going to just have to deal with the snake eye board because if everyone else is also doing 18 yeah. hand traps you're going to have to deal with the breaker the, the board plus like three hand traps on top which is just like it feels a little bit too much of an ask um that's why i didn't want to play yeah, breakers. Yeah, yeah. i tried them so much and you could yeah. break the board but the hand traps were always yeah. just the man on the golf because there's also what so much follow-up so like it's basically you have to like win the game on that turn if not then you know but I, I think kind of uh, I think in general it's it's I feel I, I'm in a weird position about this current format because I actually don't hate the Snake Eye cards themselves. Like I do think that the gameplay that they can provide is actually quite uh, interesting. Uh, like we've seen it when we commentated the uh, the Master Duel Invitation. Like when when both players oh, yeah, actually got to play the game, I actually found it quite enjoyable. Uh, the problem yeah, but that's is that's not a given, right? Yeah, exactly. Because Snake Eye is a one-card combo deck, right? It just naturally synergizes super well, which is throwing 18 hand traps into it, right? And it's also because every one card, like every one card in Snake Eyes just generates so much advantage. Uh, if you're playing against Snake Eye, you're better off trying to prevent that altogether rather than letting them do that and then throw your cards at the board. Um, because every Snake Eye card is worth more than one card in your hand usually usually right if it resolves so it mm. doesn't quite add up and so even though i think the the snake eye deck has the potential to be interactive i think in practice because it's a one card combo deck it might end up being not that great of a format i had high hopes for it and i still do somewhat i might be coping um but it's like i i have some ideas on what you could do with like the format and i since i have like I have regionals coming up since I mean no we wouldn't we would never play a YCS that's kind of cringe to have a YCS I feel like in your entire continent I couldn't imagine having that so like most likely I'm just going to be playing like some some opens and all that and th those are not that important to me so I'm rather I'm going to play what I what I like rather than our can traps at my opponent we're going to see if it's going to work out but like um I think it's looking decently likely that this is not going to be one of my favorite tier 0 formats at least yeah i don't know if it's like um <clears throat> maybe it's like the whole circular uh meme that's like really rubbing off on me <laughs> but i'm starting to notice um i really dislike these one card linear combos it wasn't a meme shit. it wasn't a meme the deck was terrible design like it, yeah, I, I felt like Matrek was like I, fine I hated it with for a, a passion bit. And that's what turned it into a meme but like i still stand by it that deck's terribly designed because it does exactly that it's even worse because circular doesn't even trade with one hand trap. Like no hand trap trades good in the circular. Like you need multiples. And this is this is why I was like I, I got this like really insane take on the Farfa subreddit. I know, right? Crazy. This is where you get the highest peak of Yu-Gi-Oh discussion <laughs> in the Farfa subreddit. But someone brought up uh, a cook here, and I thought it was like low key kind of like uh, good, right? It was like a good a, a healthy combo deck. Uh, not the end board, but like would be something that are non-linear that are like three, four card combos like Dart World, like tier limit, right? Like these are like <laughs> no. okay. Let you me cook. use Dart World as an example of healthy. Yeah. Let <laughs> me cook. Let me cook. The re so the end board the is the worst uh... possible deck to say that about. Like listen, listen, listen. Okay. Obviously, the actual <laughs> win condition of the handle picking and stuff is terrible, right? But mm -hmm. the idea, the premise is you have a non-linear combo that changes every single time, right? Which is mm -hmm. why tier limit is so fun. Um, I, I think, right? Because there isn't really a linear combo other than like, you know, maybe like the kick loss line and temerily to special, right? But recent tier, for example, like I really enjoy like current sort of tier because it's very like uh, non-linear, you know, maybe a bit too random potentially. Mm -hmm. But 
like you compare that to snake eye you compare that to like something like math Met. i hate these like spreadsheet combos like i i'm starting to realize i really don't like that yeah so you're saying uh danger ftk should come back i mean without the ftk part like, that's way more fun. than the goki uh, if you have to compare danger ftk to goki and pretty much ftk which one do you prefer Danger. dangers yeah <laughs> yeah i had so much fun at that one card combo bs i sold a game i had so much fun at at the danger ftk ycs's yeah i love danger ftk when i played it i want to play yeah. against it though yeah <laughs> i think like the biggest issue as well is like even though like non-linear combo decks are like really fun they are very long um yeah. and like that's kind of boring for your opponent so that's probably the major There's issue. There's this issue sometimes where a deck can be really fun to play yourself, but not very fun to play against. And that's an that's issue that... Love, you... like, yeah. That's why I loved, like, tier with all... Because players were playing on both turns. Mm. And it was not linear. It was awesome. Yeah, tier format was awesome. Was that Thunder Dragon deck of yours pretty non-linear? Or did it have, like, a set root at all? It was not linear, yeah. Yeah, cool. I mean, it was like a danger, danger deck, deck as well. right? Danger yeah. decks... That's why dangers are so cool. It's never really linear. Do you think dangers are like well designed cards? Like, do you think they're good? I love dangers so much. Uh, are they well designed? You could argue they're maybe a bit, a bit like. I. I don't know. I think they're fine. I don't I know. I think they were ahead Pretty of their good. time. Let's say it like that. Nowadays, I don't have an issue with them anymore. Mm. But I think for 2018, they were definitely um, something. Yeah. They've uh, they've aged well. That is true. Yeah, I'd say I'd say I'd say well. nowadays I hardly ever have an issue with like someone putting like Danger Nessie into their deck or like Tsuchinoko uh, uh, Jackalope as like level three extenders in other decks or whatever. Like I think uh, I think Dangers were or are fine now. Like I, I think I'd be happy to have them all. Are they all off the ban list? I don't even know for sure. Yeah, they should be. Yeah, right. You can play all the Dangers. Yeah. Isn't Jackalope like one or something? I, I, I wouldn't I know. Now. Okay. No, Jackalope and Tsuchinoko are at one. Oh, they're still at one. Okay. No. I think those could come back. I would say so. I miss them. I would love that, dude. <laughs> and Curious was legal back then, too. That one also True. was a Curious was a big deal. The yeah. were. Oof, <sighs> that card is Curious. nasty and danger. Yeah. And danger summoned that card so easily. I think one of the uh, most dangerous things in Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, no pun intended, is um, that connection between main and extra that's so easy. And uh, linking mm -hmm. them up with things like directed, you know, foolish burials like Beatrice and uh, Curious and Isolde yeah, are like... Is still legal, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's definitely a, co a controversial card is uh, something like Beatrice. But, you know, that's the problem is like they made it so that it wouldn't be summoned by its correct method, which is discarding a specific monster. And, yeah, that's where we're at now. Burning Abyss. Oh, okay, well, yeah, I guess I am allowed to say it, sure. Um, is there some hidden rule where you're not allowed to say Burning Abyss on Josh's stream? <laughs> no, no, you can't. We, like, we like seeing Burning Abyss, because we win against it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have no issue with Burning Abyss, because it's like, it's, like, responsible for almost all my tops during Necroz format. Right. Let's let's anger Josh's chat. Burning Abyss is better than that. Let's go. <laughs> mm. Um. So, uh, yeah. The uh, the current format. We talked a little bit about that. Um. I guess. Uh. In terms of like more specifics and stuff. Like, do you want to mention a couple of things about your list? Uh. Did you think it was like the best list? Um. In hindsight, or 
how do you feel about it? Because I think maybe like the most notable thing was you played um things that stuck out at me was you played one Diabell Star, uh, mm. which Pack didn't seem to be a big fan of in terms of consistency. Uh, and I guess like one other cool thing as well you did was you played Solemn Strike, which is uh that's not really a card I would have expected to see in a side deck. So uh, that's a two parter for you, I guess, if you wanna tell sure. me about that. So Okay. My deck I'm honestly I didn't feel too comfortable going into the tournament. Um can't explain why I just didn't feel too like nothing I did I felt like gave me a huge edge my deck looks very OCG inspired and I mean that is true uh, so it's not like I have anything crazy going on it's really just an OCG deck um I was playing three witch and I played it at the regional the week before uh, and it just was really bad for me and I couldn't figure out why but then when I started doing the math on it I realized and like at least in that deck it didn't make sense so from a starter's perspective, if you do the math on 13 starters, with, which is what I had, versus 15 with two more witch, um, you actually barely increase your chance of drawing a starter. Uh, it's like 2% or 3% increase by adding the two more cards. Um, and then obviously you're increasing redundancy in those hands. Uh, so what, you, what, what you're actually trying to do with adding the more witches is you're trying to make it easier to play through stuff like Imperm uh, on your Snake Eye Ash uh, and Akuma as, as an extender. Uh, so when I wasn't maining cross out at that point, I'm like, well, if I'm just trying to play through hand traps, I would rather have cross out on those spots than those extra diabolic stars because they're higher value. And that's kind of how I just came to that conclusion. It just made more sense mathematically. Like it really didn't affect my my odds of drawing a starter that much to play more witches. Uh, and if you don't believe me, just do the math yourself. Like I, I, it's it's unintuitive, and I didn't think so at first either. But uh, that's kind of just how it panned out when I was running the numbers. Uh, and if you want to fit more witches and crossouts, maybe, but it's it's really hard doing that because you want to maintain a high non-engine count and you can't just only focus on your starter um, math and you can't only focus on your standard math. You have to focus on your defensive non-engine math as well. And you have to make sure all three of those can be harmonious. Um, and that's how I ended up. And, and I know it looks very uninspired, but I mean, the decks in those sheets look like that for a reason. Um, or sometimes they look like that. Sometimes they're random, but... Uh, Double checking the math to make sure there's a reason for why it looked that way was is important, and I am uh, as happy with that aspect. I didn't really miss the witch. Um, with some hands, I didn't draw great, but it's I think it's more important to draw these defensive cards. So as for strike, uh, it was because I I was had an issue with anti spell where when winning hand trapped a bunch, that was like when I'm losing. Anti spells way better as rogue. It's better as like branded, and it's better if they're playing boardbreaker version. However, if you're getting hand trapped like in the mirror. And say so in on the interrupts, and the Anna's Belden, but they have Snake Eye Ash. They get to just make SP, banish it, and then Sinful send off the Poplar, and they're fine. So that's like not that good. And then there's Summon Limit, which isn't as bad into that play. But at the same time, if you don't have like ways to back uh, or, or ways to like turn it off, I mean, you could turn it off with Snake Eye Ash, but like. If you get stopped or you get the hand trap worse, some of it just seemed worse. Um, then then something that would trade for value while also stopping them from playing. Some of them it was close, so I think it is better uh, in those spots. So the reason it was strike though was for one, if you draw multiples, you can use it to stop them, and the strike can be used to push through hand traps. Um, or if you just have to hand trap them, they stop, and then you can strike through hand traps. That was one big thing. And if you got the play, you got to any point. Where you have comboed strike was still very powerful and should be enough to win the game. Like it didn't need to full on stop them. 
And it was, it'd be rare that like, I'd have nothing else besides the strike. Because like, what would be my hand? It, it would, it would have to be like very bricky because it needs to be more extenders to play through the hand traps and they'd have less cards. Therefore strikes more impactful or I'd have a bunch of defensive cards to pair with it. At which point you don't need like this huge floodgate. So that's why strike. And again, that's like, not some huge innovation. Uh, OCG was doing that as the hand trap shifted to very, very hand trap based. We saw cards like judgment and strike being very popular in side decks. And I mean, that's, I was just following that concept, right? So it's not like it's something crazy uh, innovative. It's just kind of noticing the trends and seeing why they're doing what they're doing. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to do the same thing. Do you have anything you want to follow on there, Josh? Or uh, No, I mean, you've mentioned all of the things that, that go into that decision. I do like it. Uh, I, I don't like anti-spell for that particular reason. When both are throwing hat traps at each other, like anti-spell just... Anti-spell alone doesn't actually stop the Snake Eye deck if they draw the right card for, for, for like, I mean, Ash specifically, right? Um, but, yeah. like, the, the, the summon limit, I think, is unfortunately really good right now. Uh, I'm, not sure if, uh, I'm not sure if it's better or worse than Strike. I think the difference is marginal. I, I, individually, I prefer Strike as a card much more. That might, that's me being biased against uh, summon limit, though, probably. Like, I like the... I like the idea behind Solemn Strike a lot more, like a one-for-one -one trade rather than just floodgate my opponent out of playing uh, playing the game. But um, yeah, I think I think they're both really really strong right now. Unfortunately, I shall say, um, I always I, I think that's a bad sign of a format, especially a tier zero format when people feel inclined to side deck trap cards for going first. I'm never a fan <laughs> when that's happening. Like, yeah. yep. <laughs> Uh, you um, touched on uh, the OCG portion a little bit. Um, I'm curious, like, what your thoughts are on OCG, like, conceptually. Uh, I think one of the what I mean by that is I think <laughs> a lot broad of topic. Uh, <laughs> what do you think yeah. of the of the Japanese, Jesse? Well, let me uh, can I if, let me finish my question. Nah, that would be uh, much appreciated. <laughs> uh, so you know we've uh, you've talked a little bit about how the um, the card choice and stuff are impacted over here. And obviously, of course, that they're six months ahead. And we did mention as well how uh, this format can sometimes feel a bit stale in that regard because there seems to be not as much room for innovation. Do you think it's a, it's it's, I suppose, like a negative in some way, or I don't know what like obviously the solution would be to just restructure release schedules. But um, do you think it's like a massive bearing on us in the TCG whenever like a deck comes over here and then it's just solved and to basically to the extent that OCG uh, have kind of uh, developed it. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's massive because a lot of the time the decks don't end up being the same. And this is almost a rare instance where I feel like OCG had a lot of the same, a lot of the deck building decisions that make sense in OCG make sense here as well. Many times the formats don't shape up the same because the balance changes or differences um, or just like some other random card legality. Uh... And like if you go through past formats and how they line up with ours, it's it's really not that often that they're they're the same in terms of how they look. So I think a lot of the time it's not a problem. It does suck sometimes for when it does match up very evenly with what ours looks like. It can lead to some kind of staleness before the format even starts. I think we're seeing that with Fire King people are already kind of sick of it. But the fact this is like a three weeks old format. Um <laughs> and, and that and I think OCG's looking so similar is a reason behind that. Yep. But that's not that common. Obviously, it'd be nice if that never happened 
period. But I wouldn't say this is like a huge problem that constantly finds itself happening. Okay, fair. Um, I think there's been like a lot of key differences. Um, like branded was very different over there compared to here. Yeah. Uh, Unchained was just not a deck ever in OCG, and it was actually pretty huge here until they suddenly killed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, there are there's definitely been some key differences. A lot um, of it, a lot it, of it does come down to Maxi. I feel like, especially those two examples that you just mentioned, like branded as a deck conceptually, I feel like was designed in a way to be able to play in like two special summons if you had to, right? Like you activate Branded Fusion, your opponent maxis, you're like, okay, well, you know, summon Lubelion or Albion, make a Mirror Jade, you draw two cards past my board, still fine. Uh, uh, and like uh, Unchained is the opposite, where like it's a mid-range deck, like not as, like the board is not crazy, but it takes like a bunch of special summons to get there. And your plan B when you get maxied is like not really, it's not really that not good, like right? I mean, how many special summons does it take for you to end on like a Soul of Rage? Uh, like, I guess if you draw, like, a Sharvara that you can chain to a Maxi, then it might only be two special summons. Uh, no, to... it, it's so bad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, like, uh, it, it's crazy how that one card just makes the format completely different a lot of the times. I mean, there's more differences. Like, for example, Tier Limit and Sprite. We were expecting all to be playing Sprite when they came over, and then, like, uh, we got Garura, which alone, I think that was, I think, one of the reasons why Tier Limit was better for us than it was for them, because, like, the Beatrice lines and all that kind of stuff that we had was just insane, right? The super poly potential against, like, the Toad from from Sprite specifically and all that. Like, it's it's crazy how one or two cards in existence can change the entire environment. Um, but still, I, I think conceptually, I'm just not a big fan of it, because... I never liked the idea of the decks basically being pre-tested for us for like months, right? So like even if there's a small difference, we already know a lot of the core principles behind how to build or how to play a deck because the OCG has done it for so long. Uh, it I feel like it takes away some of the excitement when stuff uh, gets over here and also some of the... Like it discourages like putting work in into a new format where like uh, you could maybe innovate some stuff where maybe you could be the first person to come up with the right ratios for a tier limit deck or a sprite deck, but but you can't because like the OTG's already gone through it for months. Yeah, it absolutely can. But I also think many times like in those formats we saw Runic Sprite and Danger Tier both decks that we yeah. didn't really see in OCG. Yeah, take off here that right and yeah yeah Max is a huge part of that, but. Yeah. There still definitely was innovation to be made on our ends. Yeah. Like it's a completely solved format. So uh, where do you go from here, Jesse? Do you still have like major goals and milestones in place? Uh, <laughs> I know one. Where where do you see yourself in like, uh, you know, three years, three to five years in the Yu-Gi-Oh space? Um, I don't know if it's a case of like, hey, let's like get the greatest title of the ball, win worlds, and then hang it up? Or do you just keep playing until you get bored? Like, where do you think you're, uh, you're going? Yeah, so the two like main ambitions in terms, in terms of competitive is I want to win in South America. Uh, I've won a YCS in every other TCG region. I've won Oceania, Central America, North America, and Europe. South America is the one that eludes me. So... I'd like to win there, so I, like it's. I'm I'm wanting to travel a bit less to these really far places because it sucks, but I will go to South American ones, um, just just to do that. <laughs> far for typing in chat hasn't won a YCS in the Middle East. Well, there isn't one, so thank you. Damn, it's in, in 
yes, I want to win in, in South America. I will be in both Colombia and Brazil trying to go after that uh that's I guess achievement. Then the world championship, right? That's the other big one that I'm still chasing. So close. And after that, I don't I, I don't think I could stop playing because Yu-Gi-Oh! is my income. And also through how I met like how I met all my friends. So I don't know, like, what would I do without Yu-Gi-Oh? I have no idea. Uh, will I start traveling less and competing a little less? Maybe just start doing NA events only. There's a chance I do that. But it, I definitely wouldn't stop playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Unless I got completely sick of it, and I doubt that would happen anytime soon. I'm trying to think, like, what would have to happen for the to the game in order to, like, make, you know, people quit? Um, it would have to be like a seismic shift in like product design or like card design um, and stuff like that, right? Because I think all three of us here are kind of unique in that we're invested like career-wise. But I just think for like the average person, I'm curious like what would have to really happen for something like that to really cause people to um, outright leave the game. I mean, you always have some people join and some people leave. I feel like those reasons are kind of different to each individually. But I feel like if... If what you're like hinting at is what would need to happen for the game to essentially like quote unquote like die out, right? Because they kind of mess it up so bad that like the majority of the community would leave. I don't know what would would have to happen there. Like, I don't know, unlimiting maxi, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that would do it though. I don't even know if that I would do it. Not, I, people are so um what's the word? Uh I don't want to use like a negative term, but like I guess like maybe just hooked on Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, they I feel like they could do basically anything and people will still play, right? Because I think, like, so many of us just have that loyalty to, like, the nostalgia of the game, right? Like, we're just always going to play. Um, I think, like, for people who've played through, like, slow-ass 5Ds era <laughs> and have played today in, like, Link era, I think, like, if you, if you are still playing those two versions of the game, like, you're, you're, you're here forever, right? I, and I don't see what... what I mean, the game would have to change. I will Maxi say, not coming back. I will say, I I do reevaluate it from time to time, like just to make sure that I'm still enjoying it, and I am enjoying it throughout ninety nine percent of the time, right? Like it's it's not like I ever find myself. If I think what would need to happen is for it to be really bad for too long of like for too long, right? Because I, there is formats mm. where I don't enjoy it that much, right? Like there is formats where yeah. I'm noticing right now. I don't like I don't like what's going on, right? But like I, I I am I'm still playing this game with like the 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 trust I suppose to like for them to fix it at some point and for it to go back to something I'll enjoy, right? And I as long as I still have that, I'll probably keep playing, right? I know we share an opinion. I was like questioning myself. Uh, when was it? It was like any WCQ and a bit before format for 2022 with all the adventure bullshit. Mm -hmm. I hated that. Yeah, that bad, like, huh? You just had to fit so many bricks in your deck. There are so many hands you look at and go, "Wow, my deck sucks." And your opponent <laughs> would have none of those, and you'd be like, "Wow, their deck is so much better than mine." It is very frustrating in gameplay. Yeah. Uh, also, it's a shit ton of negates, which are never really interesting. Um, <laughs> I, that's like I don't know. That was a format that had me questioning. How much do I still have left in me? Yeah. Like, I also just didn't do that well. So that also compounds, at least from, from my end. So yeah. I was like, maybe this is the end. Uh, and <laughs> then tier reintegrated it for me. Right? But yeah, I was, I, was, uh, I was not feeling it.
That's the thing. They do like bring it back, though. At, at, like, at least so far, they've always brought it back, right? Like, you, you have those formats that you don't enjoy. They happen. As a Yu-Gi-Oh player, uh, you're not going to enjoy every single format. Um, and I think that's okay to an extent, because I think there are people out there that enjoy the game in different ways. You know, so I thought, like, as an example, I, I didn't enjoy 2022 national season as much because I felt, like, overwhelmed. Like, yeah, that's the same for... one that I'm talking exactly, about. Exactly, yeah. Because yeah, uh, 20 different decks as well, not just adventure, but, like, 20 different decks and i'm like it's impossible to prepare for like german nationals played against like nine different decks in nine rounds and i'm like okay cool uh what how the hell was i supposed event, to Josh? huh what deck did you play for that event remind us uh i played libromancer <laughs> there's your problem you don't understand like geek boy reveal uh doom broker <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, the deck wasn't that great, but it was partially a uh, partially it was a result of me just not being that interested in the format. Like I don't know, it was one of yeah, the few yeah, decks that I did sure. like, and I just like I I just went to that nationals not without expecting much, and that's what I got. Right, I was just like I'm gonna play that because kind of like it. Um, and then I learned you know what's through. Really funny? That's like the two polar opposite ends of the spectrum you've experienced, right? Because you you took that because it's like hey, it's a kind of cool deck. It seems nice. I'll see how it goes, right? And then you like didn't do very well. And then yeah. you did the exact same thing with uh, Runic Synchro, yeah. and you won a YCS. So it it works sometimes, right? I mean, like, it can. I did get relatively lucky though to get there with that deck. I will say, like that was out of my YCS wins. That was probably the luckiest one because the. The, the the reasoning I did that was almost the same, right? I was kind of like, uh, I was, the format wasn't as bad. Like, I, I, I thought the format was okay. I just wasn't really motivated with any of the decks that were popular. And I was like, well, this, this runic deck I, I really like. And if I pair into Unchained, Tier, and Lab, basically like, I don't know, 60% of the format or whatever, uh, then I'll be fine. Uh, and uh, I just don't really, I didn't really enjoy anything else. So I just picked that one. Um, so it wasn't quite as extreme as 2022 Nationals, but to an extent, that was the same situation, yeah, which I guess that's funny, yeah, looking back at it now, like, how it went so badly in 2022 and then so much better in 2023. However, I mean, Libromancer ain't no runic deck, so there's a difference. <laughs> I think for me, the biggest uh, difference probably would be, would, is like, I think the best way to describe it is like, the way you said was like, so like Yu-Gi-Oh was like a great game with a couple of bad exceptions, you know, mm -hmm. bad format here and there, a bad yeah. card that's like, you know, dominating the format, yeah. you know, in this space, like a scythe or something. Um, what I'm worried is like we end up in a situation where Yu-Gi-Oh just kind of becomes a bad game with exceptions of some good formats, mm -hmm. right? And I think that would probably be like the turning point is like, well, every format is just terrible, yeah. but occasionally we'll get like a couple of decent and good spells here and there. Um and I'm not going to lie, like, I feel like it's been a little 50-50 for me post-Master 04. Um, I think that was, like, the biggest shift for me was Master 04 and Link Era, mm -hmm. um, where it feels like there kind of sometimes feels like there's more bad than good. Um, and that's what I'm worried about for me personally. Um, and I don't know how where you, you know, you guys have played the game for a long time. I don't know where you guys see the golden era of Yu-Gi-Oh! To me, it's 2014 to 20. 16-ish, like those kind of two and a half years. clearly the best year for you, Gio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What do, you, what do you think is, like, the golden era, Jesse? I'm curious. Golden era. Uh, don't know. 2019? I loved... I have very... I, I have definitely like rose-colored glasses for a uh, dual alliance through... Hell, yeah. That's when Barney was stopping playable to, in, 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 in 2016. Necros with the exceptions of Pepe. Necros format, right? Yeah. 
That's good. Yeah, but I, li- I liked before that as well, though, <laughs> when it was B.A. Doll Teller. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was cool, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's it's strange. Like the uh, the speed of the game has like fluctuated so much. You know, we've had so many spikes in the uh, in where we're at, mm-hmm. and it just feels like there's too much going on turn one these days. You know, I feel like um, you don't play duels these days. I feel like you play turns, if you know what I'm saying, right? And I think that's like where a big shift has happened. Um, and I don't know mm. how you guys feel about like that sort not of. I fear that. Hmm? Me neither. No? No. Okay, elaborate. <laughs> I don't like, think... The... What I'm saying is, like, the duel happens yeah. on okay, basically no, a turn. You are right. right? I think the duels, on average, have less turns now than, than back in the day, probably. Um, I, I, I still don't think that is a measurement for, for quality, because I think uh, there's still a set amount of actions being taken and a set amount of skill sets being, like, tested, and... Uh, whether you say pass five times in between that or pass one time in between that, as long as like as long as there's enough actions that require critical thinking and all that, I think it's uh, I think I think it's still um, definitely possible for it to be a good game. What I will agree with it though is that balancing a game around um, so much happening on specifically turn one is is tough because turn one is by far the least interactive turn, right? Because turn one, your opponent hasn't had a chance yet to pretty much do anything. And uh, the only thing that does that is like basically hand traps. I think it's just a matter of you need to balance the end boards, essentially. As long as the end boards aren't auto win, then uh, the formats can still be good. For the most part, I think they've been doing a better job. I think in the gates are the biggest like offenders in, uh, in making those turn ones like unbeatable. And for the most part, we've been seeing less of those, thankfully over two big uh, cards I'd like to see removed because they perpetuate this are Baron and Apollo. Yeah. Uh, both are just not, like, in the play into. Mm-hmm. I can't believe Apollosa exists. Like that, is, like, that is the most mind-blowing card to me that people, I think, don't talk about as much. It's a, a generic Link 4 Omni. Well, I mean, they Omni, do talk but, about know, it a lot. And I think, I think the, the for me, the most annoying part about Apollosa is not even the fact... Like, I don't even think Apollosa is that good in terms of an end board piece it's it's good don't get me wrong but like what what what's the most annoying uh, you, you say that because you play hand traps if you played like tier against appalooza you'd you'd not feel that way because no, i'm just flashing fire no what i was trying to get to is i think i I guess it is it is a really strong card i wasn't that's not what i meant but what i meant is i think it's even more outrageous the way it lets you play through other hand traps on your other stuff because normally decks that put up four monsters and then make an appalooza on turn one they don't stop right there because if they stop right there that wouldn't actually be an issue for most decks right or like for for a decent chunk of decks like you could deal with that but like the way Appaloosa is being used or how Baron is also being used very often is you make them first and then you keep playing and then your opponent can't actually hurt, like interrupt you where it really would hurt, right? Like how the uh, how the adventure synchro decks, what they would up, they would put up Griffin first, then they would turn that into a, a Baron and then they could do with the token whatever they wanted. And there's no way for you to really like that made hand traps really bad in a way against the deck, right? Um, but then uh, the app, even if you didn't have another hand trap, uh, then the the Baron or the Apple would still convert into your turn and and stop parts of your your hand as well, right? Like it's it's how they are being 
multi-purposely used as like an extra deck tool to play through hand traps plus good endboard pieces, right? Yeah, I think Baron does that a lot. Yeah. A lot more. I think yeah. Apollo by itself can just be enough. She paired with like removal, it's like pretty nasty. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Don't back like... it up with spell negates, though. Then Appaloosa is like can be beaten, but I, like, usually those spells aren't searchable. So I feel like I don't like that you have to play so many spells to focus on beating Appaloosa. That's the thing your deck has a weakness to. Uh, otherwise, you kind of just can't beat it. And in Tira, that's like a reason why I had a problem with it this format. Because Tira is like not that bad in the Fire King cards. It's just Appaloosa is just brutal. Yeah. And what are you supposed to do? Play Droplet and Talents for Appaloosa? Like it, it hurts so much. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to like build the deck. Your deck is supposed to be designed to with push through with engine. And that's how you want to build the deck, yeah. not not fit a bunch yeah. of cards in that aren't that good. Yeah. That's exactly what I what I kind of meant earlier, right? It's like so yeah. much power is concentrated into this like first turn that um everything lives and dies by like that those those first few interactions. Um it's just too fast, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, right? But that's why that deck isn't like a, a competitive deck right now. That's why it's partially why I ran it through zero format, right? But that's also what I'm saying there are things I'd still fix, Apo being one of them. I think if Apo wasn't legal, a lot of different rogue decks would have way more of a chance versus fire. But like if I see mm. flu or a deck like Tier and I'm playing fire, I will make sure I'm putting a goddamn Apo in the field. Because that'll do mm -hmm. so much to, to like hurt them. That even if they, if they hand trap me and if I end on an Apo, they probably still can't do much. They need to have like hand trap to stop my full combo and then a way to play and then a way to be my Apo. And that and then also like my hand traps have to deal with. That's yep. so much for these type of decks. That, are, that aren't aren't fire to deal with that oftentimes they just fall apart yeah my favorite uh feature match recently is shunping playing against flunder and his opponent okay, like Alexi. that's not like well yeah, listen no. his, oppo his <laughs> opponent shifters him so he just makes an apoloza he gets even lead and then he still like loses like it's unreal no, just how he much wins. power Apollosa has yeah he wins yeah like Shimping won like his opponent yeah, yeah, yeah. like okay. lost like it's actually crazy <laughs> and that's just, just one Apollosa versus though. an entire he made it deck in a very, like, he made it in okay, a very okay well like Shimping exists neither but like that's a whole other debate <laughs> yeah. so stupid oh, uh yeah, any final topics or anything you want to go over real quick or uh dip into at all For either of you, I suppose. Like, uh, like, like I said, this wasn't supposed to be a linear structured discussion. We just kind of wanted to like shoot the shit for a little bit. And uh... <laughs> Twitch chat kept wanting us to argue about like uh, combo decks versus the uh, the decks that I usually play, like the sort of mid rangey stuff. But I feel like we'd be here forever. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> you two are very divided and have very different takes. I don't feel on, like uh... it's that divided, actually. Like I feel like I don't think most... so. It's either. I, I, yeah, I don't. People make it out to be like. This, okay, so the way I feel, the, the way I feel like that uh, divided is I've I've uh, back in the day I once tried building decks with with Patrick Hoban, right? And that time I really felt like yeah, we just have a different understanding on what is good uh, in terms of like a deck, you know, like I uh, all about I, the ceiling, bro. It, exactly like it was all about that and i was like that's 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 i don't think that's all there is right and uh we ended up and he was very successful in his own way doing the stuff that he believed in and i was successful doing the stuff that i that i uh believed in and uh but whenever like i feel like with with jesse i feel like we have a i, I feel like we're closer in in that sort of thing like most of the time i hear jesse talk about something i would i would agree with what he's saying like it's it's very rare that i that he says something that i feel like no nah, i don't agree with that 
but like, uh, yeah, hold on. I want to. I want to interrupt you. Put you on okay. the spot. Will you finally agree that Goki was better than Striker? Uh, yes. Okay. So wait, there is this thing that I do. There is this thing that I do sometimes, and I've, I'm not sure if I'm the only one. But I will. I'm very good at talking myself into into liking something more because I like well, the idea that. of it being better. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Professional yapper. No, everyone like I that. basically yeah. I will. I basically Sky Striker in 2018 early days. I liked it so much. I, I enjoyed that deck so much, and I had success with it because I practiced it a lot too. And like that led me to think that it was better, right? Because I, I just like the idea of it being better, right? I, the, the idea of a, the gameplay that it represents is the one that I prefer. So I'm talking myself into actually thinking it's better, right? Um, and I have that sometimes. I do feel like you have that too sometimes. Like I, sometimes you, yeah, you're, you're bringing I, cra crazy does. combo yeah. decks. Like you brought like that, the, the danger deck to worlds. That's like, and, and I'm like, you can't actually think that's better than the other Maybe stuff. bring to worlds. No, not dangerous. Like it was uh, that. That's what was missing. You didn't play. There was like the. It was 2019. Oh, the the one we played. Okay, no, no, no. So, so yeah, I did that because. Well, how, did you try the deck for a salad? The deck cannot lose the salad. That's why I played that. Crusadia cards just solo salad. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like, I wasn't sure I, everyone was going to play salad though. But yeah, and we're drift. That, that's what I meant. Like we were going to be here forever. But like I feel like you have that too sometimes where you play a deck because you you want it to be the best deck rather than you actually think it's the best deck or maybe subconsciously you you don't actually think it's the best one. But yeah, I just remember at that regionals in 2018 you were fighting me so hard on the Goki thing. And <laughs> I, I beat just, you though. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> huh? I beat you with Striker. <laughs> oh, my deck was terrible because that was like that's one of the that's one of the few decks we didn't have a uh, a basis to go off with OCG. Mm -hmm. And I remember I don't know why I was so bad. I mean, obviously, like even back then, when I had OICS when I still had so much improving to do. Yeah. I built the deck to beat Pendulum FTK. So it was a deck with like those. It was like built like the modern Snake Eye deck where it had like 15 hand traps in it, and then I had Goki cards. Yeah. And the idea was to hand trap them and kill them. However, and this is I can't believe I didn't fix this. Uh, in retrospect, Pendulum FTK got banned. Like, that deck wasn't playable anymore. And everyone started playing control decks like Striker. Yeah. And for some reason, I didn't take out my 15 hand traps. <laughs> that was a huge deck building issue. Yeah. I just didn't, just went over my head. And I, in retrospect, it's like, wow, how did I do that? Yeah. I remember I had all these terrible cards in my deck in that format and then made no sense. No, Striker, Striker was just uh, definitely an example of I just liked the concept of that deck so much. That I just practiced <laughs> it a lot, and I just wanted you it like to the be good. Of Rayo. <laughs> okay, Sorry. not the artwork concept, the gameplay concept. All right, can we stay serious for a second? <laughs> That's not what I meant. Oh my god, I love Ray. Sorry. Okay. Right. I can't. I'm sorry. Like, I just I can't listen to you talk about Striker without the copy pasta going through my head. So it just, I know it you cannot. Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I, I feel like I started the serious discussion in the wrong place. So it's fine. It's my fault. <laughs> Say the line. Um. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's wrap up with uh, hopes for the future. Um. Obviously, you talked about your competitive goals and stuff. Uh. In terms of like the game, uh, design, um, decks, and the styles of decks the themes all that kind of stuff uh what are you uh what are you hoping for the uh foreseeable uh you know reveals of the next core sets and stuff what kind of decks do you want to see come out like uh band list just any sort of like Yu-Gi-Oh aspirations not aspirations but you know wishes uh you could maybe describe 
That's for you, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like for the most part we're on a positive trend. I want to see the gates going down. I don't like formats where non-engine is like a really important thing. Mm-hmm. I I like high high engine decks a lot. Uh, that's when I feel pretty comfortable. Uh, and like I keep bringing up tier, but that was an example. Uh, uh that mirror has to like I think mirror has to be good for a lot of these decks as well that have high engine counts. If they don't, then it also kind of ruins it. That was a big thing with like Thunder Dragon. I loved it, but if more people played Thunder, it would have been terrible because yep. that mirror is unplayable. Yep. <laughs> um, I mean that's that's mostly it. I'm I'm pretty open to most things. If we go to like a control format, I'm also fine with that. I. Like again, my my first deck was like they well with the burning abyss with the twenty something trap cards. I'm really not like a combo player only, and uh, I love that. Have you played any trap I do decks, love like, that. recently? <laughs> Decklist that I sent you. I mean, uh, that was uh, let's. I don't know. Wait, what was the question talk, you asked? Like I missed the, the first few words. Let's talk. Let's talk about tier two events. Like, have you played like labyrinth or anything recently like that? Or uh, I don't really go locals, unfortunately. I like. Entertainment. Labyrinth is fun to mash it. I'll do that a bunch, I guess. Okay. I don't when I don't have all these cards, so it's a pain in the ass for me to get them just to play them for one week. Yeah. That's weird. You're a vendor. Like you should just have this stuff, but Yeah, okay. I sell the cards. Cards sell fast. You don't really hold <laughs> on to that stuff for very long. I, I can build a labyrinth deck. I would just be, be missing big welcomes because that card hasn't been like reprinted or anything. I have everything else, but I'm not fulfilling labyrinth a big welcome. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, I have to skedaddle skedoodle soon, but uh, this was really fun. I do love having uh, Jesse around. He's uh, a pleasure to listen to, and uh, both of you are, uh, of course, some of the uh, better minds in, shall we say, uh, explaining things and um, being able to really get points across. And I think that's really the cool thing about you too, because uh, you're you're very similar in in some ways and your achievements and where you are at and your beginnings and stuff. So. Uh, having you both together here is obviously uh, really cool to have you both like bounce ideas and discussion points off of each other. So this has been really fun. Um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, make sure you subscribe, follow the various forms of social media. Jesse is, of course, a streamer, YouTuber. You'll have his links in the description that you can yes. follow him for his own personal content. Uh, yeah, any uh, final shout-outs or anything other than your socials? Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> All right, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Hope you guys are enjoyed this episode, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, hear each other.